This podcast is underwritten in part by Christian Community Credit Union. Why join CCCU? Well, first, they're not afraid to say they're Christian, not just in their name, but in the way they do business and treat their members. Second, they focus on people over profit, God-honoring service over meeting sales goals. And third, they share your kingdom values and understand ministry. Lastly, they're serious about helping you thrive financially. Join CCCU and open your account today. Go to joinchristiancommunity.com. That's joinchristiancommunity.com. Membership eligibility required. Each account is privately insured up to $250,000. By member's choice, this institution is not federally insured. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I am Rob West, wishing you and yours a blessed Christmas Eve. As Christians living in a materialistic society, we must remember to celebrate for the right reason, the birth of our Savior. Howard Dayton joins us to talk about that, and it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise Weekend, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Our good friend Howard Dayton is the former host of this program and founder of Compass Finances God's Way. Howard's raised two incredible children who are now parents of their own, and along the way, he learned some things about keeping Christ in Christmas. Howard, welcome back. Oh, great to be with you, Rob, on Christmas Eve. And to you as well. Howard, our opening verse is, in fact, from Luke 2, and it goes on to say, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace goodwill toward men. Howard, I don't know about you, but there's nothing more beautiful than the Christmas story in the King James Version, isn't there? I totally agree. I was fortunate, Rob, to grow up in a family that celebrated that passage of Scripture, and it just brings a flood of great memories of my childhood with my mom and dad and sisters. Uh, And it's something we wanted to pass on to our children as well. Speaking of Matthew and Danielle, did you read that passage to them as they were growing up? Yeah, we did. We'd read it together as a family on Christmas morning, just before opening the presents. Mm. And we wanted the kids to realize that the real reason we were celebrating Christmas was the miracle of Jesus, the creator of the world coming to earth. Yes. I'd, I'd read a few verses that Bev would read, and when the kids got old enough, they'd read and, you know, sometimes a little hard to keep them from being distracted with the presence, you know, just screaming <laughs> openly over yes. there in the corner and under the tree. But uh, it was a tradition that uh, they loved. I know it was. Howard, how big a role did giving and instilling generosity play at this time of year with your family? It was big, Rob. I'll tell you the most memorable experience. I was in the office development business. And we hired a wonderful African-American man named Raymond. Uh, He'd been introduced to Christ while he was in prison, where he became, I mean, deeply committed to Jesus. He was the best employee I ever had, but he was struggling financially. Uh, So we encouraged our daughter, Danielle, to give 
his daughter a particular doll that she had, and Danielle didn't want to. But we took the doll with us and visited their home. It was a fixer-upper that our family had actually given Raymond, uh, practically no furniture. Mm -hmm. And when Danielle met his sweet daughter, she realized that she wasn't going to have any presents. She totally changed her mind. And Danielle was delighted to give her that doll, and it was life-changing for Danielle and really encouraging to our whole family. Well, I know that was an experience she never forgot. Uh, What advice, Howard, would you give parents today about teaching the real reason for the season? Rob, I think it's more important today than any time during my lifetime because so many in our culture have rejected Christ. So we need to be intentional in teaching our kids and grandkids. The real reason that we celebrate Christmas is that we're honoring the Lord Jesus for leaving heaven coming down to earth to die for us so that we can have eternal life and spend all eternity uh, with him if we know the Lord. Mm. Well, you're exactly right, Howard, and we've got to do that with intentionality. If not, we'll get swept up in the culture and focus on the wrong things, right? Absolutely, Rob. It's really a priceless opportunity that we have as uh, parents and grandparents. Yeah, that's exactly right. And generosity is right at the center of all of it because we're experiencing God's ultimate generosity and the ultimate gift that he's given us, Jesus Christ, his son, our Savior, born on Christmas Day. Well, Howard, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thank you for stopping by. Loved it, Rob, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Howard Dayton's been our guest on this Christmas Eve. You can find more about him and his great ministry at compassone.org. Your calls are next, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise Weekend, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Stay with us. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal, but you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find powerful scripture and practical exercises for spiritual and financial growth. You can request your copy with a gift of any amount. Would you consider a monthly or one-time gift by December 31st? Just visit moneywise.org give. You probably have a strategy for your finances, your career, even your retirement. But do you have a strategy for your giving? At the National Christian Foundation, we can help you create a giving strategy to inspire your family, maximize your resources, and leave a lasting legacy of faith. To learn how, visit moneywise.org ncf. Welcome back to Money Wise Weekend. I'm Rob West, and we do have lines open. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. Let's head back to the phones. Akron, Ohio, WCRF. Barbara, thanks for calling. Go right ahead. Thank you. Um, I'm calling because after my tithe that I make to my church every month, I listen to like Michael Roy Dunnick, David Jeremiah, Erwin <laughs> Lutzer, Chris Brooks, Money Wise, and all of the programs. 
ask you to support them so that they could stay on the air. I would like to do that wisely or use my money wisely, but I can't donate to everybody. Yeah. And I'm having trouble with this. (laughs) (laughs) There's just too many good programs, Barbara. That's the problem. Uh, Listen, first of all, I love your generous heart, and I love that you want to be uh, a giver, and you want to be supporting where God is at work, and you're obviously being blessed by these programs, and uh, you can't do it all. You know, you can only give so much after meeting your monthly bills and obligations. Uh, so here's what I would do. I mean, you could take one of two approaches. One would be to say, uh, you know, I'm going to establish a giving portion of my budget, and I know how much I can afford to do that on a monthly basis. And then I'm going to ask the Lord to give you some, me some wisdom, and I'm going to divide that portion that I have available. And you could maybe take this on an annual basis. I'm going to divide it among the shows uh, that uh, are blessing me. Uh, in this case, the financial and um, well, and, and biblical teaching programs. Uh, the other approach is just to say, listen, I can't do everything, and so I'm, you know, going to take one program a year or something like that, and and ask the Lord to give me some wisdom and support that program. And I think, you know, there's a principle here that you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, right? Because as the body of Christ, we come together and we all do our part and we all have different passions and we see God at work in different places. And as long as it's aligned with his purposes, then, you know, if I'm giving to one thing and you're giving to something else, then hopefully together we're supporting all of these great causes that are edifying and growing the body and proclaiming uh, the gospel to the ends of the earth. And there's never going to be a shortage of great things to be involved in, but you can only do so much. And so I think the key for you is really to land on that annual amount that you want to give and then either just divide it up or pick one or two uh, you know, ministries a year and then you know, make your support there. I don't think you can go wrong with either of these approaches, Barbara, and you certainly don't need to feel guilty uh, that you, know, you can't do more to everyone because you have limited resources, so you're just trying to be found faithful with what God has entrusted to you. Does that make sense? Yes, that's exactly it in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, when I do donate, I don't do the monthly one yeah. because I wait at, and until I find out that one of them is having like a matching program. Sure. Where if you give a certain amount or whatever you give, it will be matched and that way it'll be doubled. Yes. Yes, very good. Regardless of what you decide, Barbara, I know the Lord is pleased with your heart uh, to be generous. You can't do everything, but you're doing your part, and uh, together with God's people, we'll make sure that God's ministries are funded, okay? Well, thank you. That that helps a lot. <laughs> okay, good. God bless you, and thanks for calling today. Uh, let's head to Birmingham. Mike, you're next on the program. Go ahead, sir. Oh, thank you, Rob. Uh, so, Rob, I, lo- I lost my wife almost two years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, so prior to that, um, we had two insurance policies, two term policies, uh, one 500000 on me and 400000 on my wife. 
And uh, so when she passed away, you know, of course, her life insurance, we cashed in. And I, I just immediately got with a financial advisor and we set it up to where I opened up um, a $500,000 life insurance policy to basically start <clears throat> moving money into that account annually, kind of as a tech shelter. And um, I'm 58 and I don't plan on retiring until at least 65, maybe 70. But I, I've got it kind of in a very um, safe investment strategy. But my question is this, um, I've got an equity line of $240,000 that is against my, uh, that investment, um, that I can use. I haven't drawn on it. And, uh, but I was wondering if, uh, if it would be wise to leverage that to maybe buy an investment property or something like that to kind of generate some more income uh, because really there's been no money being made in the market right now with my invest with what I have now it's been kind of stagnant. Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on that? And I don't know if that, that makes sense. So. Yeah, it does. So uh, you took the 400,000 and that's essentially what you're using uh, the life insurance policy to grow in a tax deferred environment. Is that right? Yeah. So it's invested uh, in like a, basically like a 50, 50, you know, risk based, yeah. um, because of my age. Yeah. And so, you know, it's been, it's been managing well, considering the way the markets have been going, but yeah. I thought I've got, my last son is in college. I've got two that are out and I thought, well, what if I bought, you know, an investment home where he's going to school and just have him and his friends that he, you know, he plays football move in and just keep an investment property over there where he can stay and then draw money, you know, draw income off of that rental income and just pay cash for it by pulling $150,000 off that equity line to do that. Is that something that... Yeah. I mean, you certainly could. Tell me about that equity line. What is it collateralized by? It's collateralized by the investment. That I have, so they they base it on kind of what you know where where your where your money is at the time, yeah. basically in the market. So, yeah, so it's this so, essentially a margin of sorts. What what is the interest rate associated with that? The interest rate is like four and a half on okay. it. Okay, and it's variable. Yeah, it could, yeah, yeah, it's a HELOC. So yeah. So yeah. What is. about yeah. Uh, getting, uh, you know, just getting a straight mortgage uh, to buy that rental property with, as opposed to using the the investment collateral? Well, I thought about that, and yeah, you know, I, I didn't know if that would be a wise decision to just just do a mortgage and pay. Well, I'd have the I'd have the closing costs and all that to pay. You and would probably the interest rate on that interest rate would be on investment might be a lot more than 
Hollywood. Yeah, but at least it would be fixed. Um, Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll finish on the other side. If you can hang on, I'll give you my thoughts and see if we can decide how to go from here. Stay with us. We'll be right back. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And MoneyWise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from MoneyWise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. My name is Kent, and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance, and she recently had a, a life-threatening experience. And she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Money Wise Weekend. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. Back to the phones. Mike in Birmingham, we were talking to just before the break. Um, he uh, is looking to buy a rental property uh, while his son is in college and perhaps uh, he could take advantage of it for his son, but also earn some income and build equity over time. Looking for the best way to finance that. He actually uh, has what is often referred to as a portfolio line of credit, which is basically a collateralized loan or line of credit against an investment portfolio uh, that allows you to take money out using the investments as collateral. And the benefit is, you know, there's typically uh, a lot of flexibility in repayment. Um, You know, there's lower taxes for accessing the investments and there's typically a lower interest rate. Uh, The downside, Mike, though, is just the potential for market loss. So if you have the market value of the portfolio loss because the market takes a downward trends, a trend, your, your assets go with it, the lender could absolutely ask for you to put up more collateral. Um, and if it drops far enough, there's the possibility of owing, owing far more than you uh, borrowed. I'd rather tie the collateral to the asset itself, which in this case would be that house. The question is, what's the rate that you can get on that you know, fixed mortgage specifically on that property? And, you know, do you have enough money, both in the form of a down payment, which for a rental property, I'd love for us to go in with 50%. I mean, I realize that's, you know, in many cases, that might be out of the question just because that's a lot of money. But regardless of what you put down, do you have enough to put a substantial down payment? And then what's the debt service? And do you have the cash flow to cover that without putting your finances in jeopardy? But if you did, you know, I mean, I think I love real estate as a way to have a, you know, you know, a way to uh, introduce another asset class into your asset mix uh, away from stocks and bonds. And especially given the benefits of your son being in college and being able to use the property, plus 
you having this asset, you know, appreciating for the future, uh, you know, all of that makes sense as long as the debt service on it doesn't put you in a tough spot financially, which could, you know, cause some problems down the road. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Well, let me ask you this. So if, if my, my income off of the house was obviously significantly higher than what my minimum payment would be, would that, I mean, what's the word sanctified doing it that way, I guess, <laughs> or, uh, or because yeah. I mean, if we're push the shove, we can always, you know, I can always refinance it to a fixed, right? And if it got to that point and just go ahead and take a mortgage out on it. Um, you could, yes, no, that's true. I think you just have to realize that, you know, the, uh, what the collateral that's backing it obviously has the ability to lose value and you just have to understand what those triggering events are that could cause you to have to, uh, you know, go ahead and in this case, get a mortgage on the property to put that additional collateral up that your, uh, uh, you know, custodian may require at that point. But sure, uh, I think the key is knowing the risk going into it, making sure you have good cash flow, that you're not presuming upon the future with regard to, you know, being realistic about the rental income that it can generate. You know, it might be more difficult for you to find a renter. What happens if you went for a period of time without any income or, you know, rental prices, which are sky high right now, begin to trend down. Just making sure you've really kind of thought through that and that you have the financial wherewithal to support it. Gotcha. No, that yeah. makes sense. I have one other question, Rob, if it's yeah. okay. Sure, real quick. So I, I, I kept my term policy for yeah. 500000 when I took out my um, life insurance policy. Um, two, th- two things. One, should I keep that? I've got about a million now in life insurance and, and life insurance coverage with the term. The term is like 80 bucks a month for me right now and it's good it will stay 80 through the age of 75 um should i keep that and just keep that coverage uh, along with my my one that i my life insurance policy i just opened up are the kids the beneficiaries they are they are and uh are they i mean the question is do they really need the money um you know so if something were to happen to you are you you know are they still dependents? And if so, let's try to really quantify what that death benefit is that's needed and how it would be distributed so that they, you know, have what they need until they're kind of out on their own as functioning adults and, you know, with their own incomes and so forth. And then for what period of time that's necessary, because I don't think it makes sense to be overinsured. Um, so I think it really is a matter of, of defining what the goal is in terms of what's going to be available and then how that's going to be paid out. Does it just automatically get paid out, you know, at your death or does it go into a trust and then it gets distributed based on certain conditions being met, met them reaching certain ages or, you know, specifically for their care until they're adults, those kinds of things. But I wouldn't keep that extra half a million just because it's cheap uh, unless you really need it in the sense that, yeah, it's going to take a million dollars of death benefit, you know, for a period of time to, you know, meet all of the needs that, you know, our kids have that are depending upon my income that would obviously go away. Yeah. There's only one. I've got two that are out of the house. They're off my payroll. I say, and I've got okay, one yeah. that's still, still in college and I just want okay. to get him through. So he, 
defense right now. And the la- and lastly, is it wise that the way that I have it set up with my life insurance um, being used to funnel? I think we can funnel up to thirty thousand a year right now into that account. Uh, is that a wise strategy? Is that am I being advised correctly on yeah. that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the real I'm not a big fan of whole life insurance, but where it can be effective is if you've either you've maxed out your uh, you know retirement plan contributions that allows you to do salary deferral into your retirement plan, or you're sitting on a lump sum that you want to invest and do it in a tax efficient manner. I think that can make a lot of sense because you're getting it into that tax invert deferred environment. The key is what is the growth once it gets in there. So I think that's where not all policies are created equal. You just need to make sure you have a good policy that's performing, but the, the tax benefits are undeniable, especially given that you're sitting on a large sum of money and trying to get that in a tax deferred environment. That's where uh, whole life insurance can be very effective, even though it wouldn't be my first choice for somebody who's just looking for the death benefit and can save outside of it. Hope all that's helpful to you, Mike. We appreciate you listening to the program and calling today. God bless you, my friend. Well, we're out of time once again, but we'll come back and do it all again next time. I appreciate your carving some time out of your busy day to join us here on the program. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program or perhaps missed a past program or want to hear it again, you can do that and check out our program notes at moneywise.org or on the free MoneyWise app in your app store. And if you enjoyed the program, I hope you'll tell a friend about it and then plan on joining us again next time right here on MoneyWise Weekend. MoneyWise Weekend is provided by MoneyWise Media and by listeners like you. 